Good, that's our God statement for this morning, God speaks. So go ahead, I want us to open up our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, near the end of your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, turn to the very, very end, it'll also be up on the screens. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Let's get ready to pay attention, to lean into the word of God. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far, that's Star Wars, never mind, long ago, it works. Okay, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Everyone say, he has spoken. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and bow our heads. Let's pray as we engage with God's word this morning. Lord Jesus, I love you. Um, I'm so grateful for your goodness. I'm grateful for the fact that you care for us so much, that you want us to know you. You're not just a big cosmic being who's up in, up in space somewhere, who's really disengaged or unattached. But Lord, you are open and, and you want relationship with us. And Jesus, I, I thank you that you have made a way for us to have relationship with you, that you made purification for sins. You have made a way for us to be forgiven so we can come into the presence of a holy God. I pray for my friends in this room. I thank you so, so much for how you are speaking to them, how for so many of them, they are seeking after you and finding how good you are and how faithful you are. And I pray, Lord, for those who are hungry and thirsty for your righteousness, who, who want to know you more, I pray, Lord, that you'd keep them free from distractions and keep them from the things of this world that distort our view of you. I pray that we would see you more clearly and hear you more clearly. So Holy Spirit, would you help us? If that's, your, if that's your prayer, if you want to know Jesus more, would you just simply say these words? Would you say, Holy Spirit, help me? I pray that one more time. Holy Spirit, help me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. The book of Hebrews, what we're seeing from the very get-go is that God is a God who reveals himself. Let me ask you guys this. Have you ever played like hide and seek or, or peekaboo with like a baby before? You guys ever done that? You can, you can raise your hand. You can say yes, right? Like, like playing hide and seek with maybe like a kid that's older, like not like a newborn baby who can't go and like seek you because they can't walk. That'd be a little awkward. But like maybe like playing peekaboo with a baby or like hide and seek with a little kid. It's so much fun, right? Like it doesn't take much to like entertain like, like a one-year-old and it's, it's a great time. I can't wait to do this with my niece or nephew, Pastor Victor and Miss Prem are supposed to have their baby at the end of this month. So I'm, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm eager for this. I'm very, very excited, brother. But like when, when you're playing like hide and seek, with a little kid or, or peekaboo, think about how crazy and just like weird it would be if your goal was actually like to disappear and hide that they could never find you, right? Like, like you're, you're playing hide and seek and like you, know, like you hide and literally it's like you hide in a place where like a three-year-old can never find you and they get super sad like I think they actually vanished, like they're gone, like they're dead, right? Like, like you're playing like peekaboo and like, at like one moment, like you're showing yourself and all of, like all of a sudden you hide like for good and the baby's like, 
they're gone. Right, like they can't say, but they're thinking that. Like I, I was just playing uh, peekaboo with with uh, Pastor Tim's uh, little daughter Haven on Friday at a Friday night service, and so like I'm like hiding behind a chair and then popping out and then hiding behind a chair and then popping out. Like I like going back and forth. Imagine how like weird it would be if I actually like hid behind a chair and like crawled away so she couldn't find me. Like. That'd be weird, right? Like, the goal of that game for me is not to win and, like, to frustrate Haven. Like, ah, she's never going to find me. Sucks for you, one-year-old. Like, no, that'd be weird, right? That'd be weird. And, and I think what is so, so important for us to get from the get-go of Hebrews 1 is that God is a God who wants to show himself. Okay? Like, he, he's not a God who wants to actually hide. Like, God isn't, like, that, that weird, like, fun uncle who, like, wants to actually disappear when, like, he's playing peekaboo with a two-year-old and, like, like drives a two-year-old crazy. Like, no, like, the, the joy of that game is the fact that you show yourself. Are you with me? The, the joy of that game is that you show yourself. And in the same way Hebrews 1 was telling us, it's long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I, anytime I read this, I can only think of Star Wars. But a long time ago, God spoke. Everyone say, God spoke. God spoke. To our, to our fathers, to our ancestors, through the, through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken. Everyone say, he has spoken. He has sp- spoken through his son. He has spoken through Jesus. And what we see from the get-go of Hebrews 1 is that the author wants us to know that God wants us to know him. You with me? That God wants us to know him. He doesn't want to hide from us. He doesn't want to be far away. He actually wants us to hear him. He actually wants us to know what he is like. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is really important. Let me set some quick context to the book of Hebrews. What is going on in this letter? What we know is that the the audience who is receiving this letter is probably both Jewish and Gentile Christians. Everyone say Jew and Gentile. If you know anything about these two different kind of people groups, Jews are people who grew up hearing about Yahweh and following the, the covenant and the commandments. And Gentiles were people outside of the nation of Israel who were, by the grace of Jesus, were able to become God's people because of Jesus. And one of, one of the most interesting things about this, this letter, this book of Hebrews, is we actually don't know who the author is. That doesn't happen too many times in the New Testament. But we don't know who the author is, but what we do know is that he's writing to a church that is enduring some really terrible persecution. They're, they're, being, they're being persecuted in a really difficult way. So we know that, that they have not resisted to the point of bloodshed, is what Hebrews 12 tells us. Tells us. So they have not been, been martyred yet. They have not been, been thrown into coliseums to be, to be uh, burned or to be killed by, by lions or something along those lines. But, but being a Christian costed them something. Being a follower of Jesus, it was costing them Something And so many of them were being mocked. Many of them were being made fun of and kind of isolated in society. Many people were being thrown into prison simply because they believed in Jesus. Simply because they call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, they're being thrown into prison. Even some of them, if people found out that, that a certain family was, were, where it was a Christian family, they would break into their homes and, and rob and steal things. From them. Now, now, for many of us, like, we don't really relate with, with most of that, right? Like, like, maybe some of you, you've experienced what it's like to, to be made fun of because you're a Christian, right? Like, like if, if you kind of stand on the truth of knowing who Jesus is and believing that he is the way, the truth, and the life, maybe some people look at you and they think, you, you are so dumb. Why would you believe that? 
you, I'm actually going to, I'm going to treat you bad because you're believing this lie and that's not true and like we're going to make fun of you for it. Maybe some of you have experienced that. What I, what I do know, I'm like 99.9% certain that like none of you have ever faced prison because you follow Jesus, Right? Right, like, like none of us are actually like here, like, like fearful that like maybe like like the government will come in and see that we're talking about Jesus and arrest us, right? Like, like I don't think a fear in y'all's mind was that like one, like if my family goes to church and someone knows that we're Christians while we're gone, someone's gonna break into our home and steal our stuff. Like that PS4 gone. Some of you guys just had a moment of like panic. Oh my gosh, what if it happens? That's probably not going to happen, right? But like being a Christian was costing these believers something. Are you tracking with me? So, so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, as the, as the, the author is writing to this church, what is the goal? And, and what we see the goal to be from the author of Hebrews is he wants them to not quit. Everyone say, don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. Yeah, the clap works too. He, he doesn't want, he, the, the author does not want them to lose faith, to not grow weary, to continue to run their race, fixing their eyes on Jesus. And the question we have to ask ourselves is this, everyone pay attention, everyone pay attention. I want you to think about these questions. Is first of all, how do we keep on following Jesus even when it's difficult? Okay, how, do we, how do we keep on following Jesus even when it costs us something? Even when it's difficult, when we're made fun of, how do we keep following Jesus? Number two, and this is an even more valuable question. Ever look at me? Ever look at me? Is I want you to ask yourself this question: Why should I keep following Jesus if it's going to cost me something? Why should I keep following Jesus if it's actually going to be difficult? If it's actually going to cost me something, why should I keep following? Jesus, ask yourself that question. Why? Why do we keep following Jesus? And the answer that we see in Hebrews, I believe, is really, really clear. The answer to this is the fact that Jesus is better. Can everyone say Jesus is better? Jesus is better. And we're going to see this theme over and over and over as we go through this book that Jesus is better than the angels and he's better than Moses was and he's better than the old high priests of old. Jesus is better than anything anyone else. One more time, someone say, he's better. He is better. And what Hebrews 1 through 2 wants to reveal to us is that Jesus is God and he is so much better than anything else. And what we see is that God does actually speak. Now let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever, have you ever known someone in your life that would say that they were going to do something and they would never do it? You know that person? This dude say, yup, yup. Right? Like, like they say, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing this, or they, they say they're gonna stop doing something, and what they say like doesn't match up with like what they actually do. And any of y'all know someone like that? Right? Like, like I think of I, I love, I love my dad so much. He is, he's the best. Okay, like I have the greatest dad on earth. But you know, it's early January. How many of you guys are like New Year's resolutions people? Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of people said no, right? Like the, the stereotype of New Year's resolutions is you have a lot of well-meaning people that aren't trustworthy, right? Like you have a lot of well-meaning people that's like, I'm going to start doing this and work out 14 times a week, like twice a day. Like, I'm going to do all these things. And it's like four days in, they're like, 
bro, I don't know about that. Like, I like pizza, whether it's cold or hot. Like, I like eating pizza. I don't want to eat healthy, right? Like, my, my dad does this thing called the no whites diet, okay? The, the no whites diet, where he says, okay, like bread and tortillas. My dad's Mexican, okay? So tortillas is like a major food group for him. And so he's like, okay, no bread, no tortillas, like no, no pizza crust, like no, no mashed potatoes, even though they are so good. Like, he calls it the no whites diet, right? And, and I've known my dad long enough to know that, like, he'll often sign up to do this, this diet with, like, great intentions. Like, he wants to be a fit 61-year-old guy, okay? Like, he, he plays tennis, he's active, but, like, he wants, to, he wants to be, like, lean and mean and fast, right? Like, he wants to dominate other 60-year-olds, as you do when you're 60, right? But I know my dad well enough to know that he's a very trustworthy person, he's awesome. But when it comes to this no-whites diet, I know it ain't lasting long right? Like, I know it ain't lasting long. Like, I have learned that, like, even though my dad says he's going to do something, I don't trust that he's actually going to follow through, right? And, and, like, what it means, like, to even, like, grow up and be an adult, like, as we watch people, when someone says they're going to do something, but they don't do it, we don't find them to be trustworthy. Everyone say trustworthy. We don't find them to be trustworthy, right? And, and what's so, so important, and the author of Hebrews wants us to get this from the get-go, that this is not the case with our God. That our God is not a God who speaks and, and says certain promises and all these things, but he actually does something completely different. That, that he says like these nice things that, that make us, like, it, it sounds good, but then he actually does the opposite. But we see that Jesus is trustworthy. When he gives a promise, he is faithful to complete it. And when he says who he is, he's faithful to be who he says he is. This gives us deep faith, right? Like this is what, this is where we can root and anchor our faith that Jesus actually is who he says he is. Look at Hebrews 2, 1 with me. This is in the next chapter after Hebrews 1 as it's talking about how Jesus is, is superior to even angels who declared the good news about who God is. This is what Hebrews 2, 1 says. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. Look at your other neighbor and say, pay attention. We must pay attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Let's keep going to verse 2. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable in every transgression or disobedience, received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord Jesus, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. What this passage is telling us is this, that in the Old Testament, God declared his word through angels. Right? We often see in the Old Testament that the angel of the Lord would go and say something about who God is or what he was going to do. And what Hebrews is telling us is that Jesus is even greater than the angels. So if we're going to take lightly the words of Jesus, there's going to be a retribution, there's going to be a punishment for that if we neglect such a great gift of salvation that Jesus has offered to us. It'll come with consequences of not knowing Jesus, of not having eternal life. What the author is saying is, hey, pay attention because this is important. Pay attention, listen closely because if you don't listen closely, you will drift away from the good news of who Jesus is. Are you with me? Are you with me this, this morning? We must pay 
attention, I want to suggest this one simple point to you guys as we get ready to close soon. This is, this is what I want you to take away from this morning. That our choice to follow Jesus must be rooted in the conviction. Number one, that God speaks. Number two, that God has spoken through Jesus. You can keep that on the screen, Joey. Our, our conviction, our choice to follow Jesus to say, no, no, I don't, I don't want to just kind of know this thing about like, yeah, God, like there's a God who exists and maybe there is this guy, Jesus. Like if we're actually going to follow after Jesus with all of our lives, if we're going to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we must believe these two things. Number one, that God speaks. Everyone say, God speaks. God speaks. This is really, really important. Because, because sometimes what our world wants us to think about, about whenever there's some, some big supernatural being known as God what the world wants to tell you is that, that God is really distant and uninvolved, right? That, that, that God is a big cosmic being who kind of wound up the big like cosmic clock and, and set it on, on a table. And the world's just kind of playing out until the timer reaches an end. And he's just sitting there like the heavenly beach, chilling, doing his thing, not caring at all about anything that's going on in the world, right? Like, this is what people like think about God, that if there even is a God, there's no way he actually cares about you. There's no way he actually speaks to you. There's no way he actually cares enough about like the little world that he made that he, like he's involved. And, and listen, this is, this, is like, this is something that we need to know as believers, that our God speaks because he cares about the world he made. Think about Genesis 1. You guys know what happens in Genesis 1? What happens in Genesis 1? He creates everything. He speaks. Yes, in Genesis 1, we see that God creates everything by speaking. Everyone say, God speaks. Come on, say, God speaks. He, he creates everything by speaking. What we see from the get-go is that God is actually very, very involved. He doesn't just kind of let things happen. God speaks and boom, and exists. And, and God speaks, and when he speaks to even like humanity, to Adam and Eve, he blesses them. And he gives them purpose. From the beginning of Scripture, we see that our God cares enough about the world he makes that he speaks. But if you think about Genesis 3 and the fall, what is the first thing that is challenged by the enemy? Think about this. When, 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 the, when the serpent comes to Adam and Eve, the serpent says, did God really what? Did God really say? Pay attention, pay attention. Shh. Did God really the enemy wants us to question, first of all, that God even speaks, that he even cares. The enemy also wants us to question that when God speaks, he, he's just saying one thing, but he actually is really another way. He, he's untrustworthy, that, that he said this one thing because he's holding out on you. And friends, what we must believe as Christians is that God speaks, that he cares enough about you and I, that he is involved and engaged in the world he made. And number two, the way that we know that our God is trustworthy is this, the conviction that God has spoken through Jesus. That God has spoken through Jesus. What Hebrews 1 wants us to have the assurance of is the fact that we know who our God is because we can look at Jesus. Are you with me? Let's, let's look one more time at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, long ago at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Everyone say, by his son. 
This is Jesus. He has spoken by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. What what does this mean for us this this morning? Let's break this down a little bit. When it talks about Jesus being the radiance of God's glory, what the author wants us to think of is is the sun, right? And and if you have have the sun, the rays from the sun are the things that we can actually feel and like how we experience warmth. How many of you guys know on like a negative five degree day, like if you are not in the sun, especially in Colorado, it's like you're in a freeze to death. It's like you're in Antarctica. And then like you step into the sun because of like elevation, you're like 10 feet from the sun, like instantly, like you feel warm, right? Like the rays of the sun are actually the thing that we experience of the sun. You're not actually feeling the sun, like like newsflash, if you ever like get close enough to the sun to touch it, you're dead you're gone like you're gone right like the sun is is super intense but like the rays of the sun are how we actually experience that the sun is warm that that the sun like is able to like to warm us are you with me or like when it talks about Jesus being the exact imprint what this what this comes from is the Greek word character everyone say character everyone pay attention pay attention we're almost done the Greek word character and what this, what this word actually comes from, it, it's very similar to our English word character. And where, what it comes from is, is it's like it's a, it's a branding symbol. So if an emperor were to sign something, they would use like the, the sign on their ring, put ink on it, and stamp it. And people would know that when they would see the document that was stamped by the emperor, it would match up with the engraving tool that he or she wore. Are you with me? And what, what this word means is that it means from the same. What is Hebrews trying to tell us in all this? Okay, God has spoken to us through Jesus. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. This is what this means. I want everyone to look at me, pay really close attention. What this means is that if you want to know who God is, if you want to know if he's trustworthy or not, if you want to know what he speaks, if you want to know what he cares about, what he does, look at Jesus. What's the author telling us? We know exactly who and what our heavenly father is like when we look at Jesus. In these days, he has spoken to us by his son. Friends, I want to challenge you with this this morning as we get ready to respond in a time of prayer is I want you to ask yourself this question, do I believe God is trustworthy? Go ahead and close your eyes right where you're at. I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I believe that God is trustworthy? Because you and I, we, we cannot follow Jesus by willpower. You will not get far. People say, if you want to run fast, run alone. If you want to run far, run together. By your own willpower, by your own effort, you will fail miserably. (laughs) You'll fail miserably. Trying to, to run on your own effort, your own strength, won't work. The good news is that's not how God has called us to follow him. 
Now, as you're thinking about that question, do I trust Jesus? Do I believe that Jesus is trustworthy? If I believe God is trustworthy. The answer is, I'm not sure. The answer is, I'm struggling with doubts. That's, that's okay. God's not mad at you for that. But he wants to point you towards his son. If you're questioning if God is just mad at you, God's up there, big cosmic being, looking down at you, disappointed because you can't read your Bible more, you can't pray more. Why are you still struggling with the sin? Why are you still doing this? If that's how you think God the Father is looking at you, I want you to hold that against the picture of Jesus hanging on the cross to make purification for sins. Jesus, maybe think of a, a specific story of Jesus going to a woman who was caught in sin and bending down and saying, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. You can go ahead and open your eyes. You can go ahead and just stand with me.